Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church Podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make Him famous. In this episode, we'll be hearing from our senior pastor, James Aiden. Hey, good evening, everybody. How you guys doing tonight? It's great to have you at church. Up in the cheap seats in the back, can you give me a clap so I can hear you? There you go. Welcome to everybody online as well as watching. Uh, if we haven't met, my name's James, and I'm so glad that you're here. We've had a great, great day today. Dry bones rattling. And didn't PJ go off in that song? You know things about to happen when he grabs the microphone. Uh, Welcome to the first Sunday of the year after the craziest year of all of our lives, 2021. Uh, I'm going to get straight into preaching. The title of my message in response to last year and in the year that we're coming into today is called Embracing the Uncomfortable. Come on, turn to the person that's sitting 12 feet away from you and yell at them, it's time to get uncomfortable. Isn't it uncomfortable just saying that with your face shields on? Nobody being uncomfortable. I mean, we spend the majority of our lives trying to work a little harder to get a little bit more money so that we can get a little bit more comfortable in our lives. I hate being uncomfortable. A couple years ago, my wife and I, we went on a vacation uh, to Palawan to a, a resort on the west coast of, of the island of Palawan, beautiful place down there. And when I go on vacations, I am a beach vacation guy. I don't, I don't understand how people can go on vacations to like Japan or Europe and travel and walk around. Y'all must have boring lives that you can go to. My life is so full of kids and church and people. When I go on a vacation, I wanna sit on a beach. And one of my goals in every vacation is I want to tan. I am white, if you haven't realized, I am white. I'm not just white, I'm white on white. I am white on rice white, that's how white I am. And I love to tan. Stupidest gift people give me in the Philippines is that soap with the whitening in it. What do y'all think, I need to become like Casper the ghost? I'm already whitened up. And so I go, I prepare. I mean, Filipinos, some Filipinos will use whitening cream, right, to, to make themselves. Or I heard one lady used to take a bath in a whole bathtub of milk as well. That's crazy. You know how much cereal you could have in a bathtub of milk? So much waste, huh? But for me, I go the opposite way. I inject some unknown drug that I'm not really sure what's in it so I can go browner when I'm in the sun. Because my problem is I, I burn. Right, I burn. Now I know most of you Filipinos, you say, oh, I'm so sunburned today. And it's like a little bit of red and it goes away. When white people burn, we burn. Like hell, burn. It's red, it's lobster, it's pink. I don't know who clapped, but if you're white, God bless you. Y'all know I'm talking, we burn, right? And so I'm prepared, I've injected myself, I'm doing everything right. So we rock up to this holiday, first day we arrive, I get in the pool and I'm in one of these lazy beds, you know, the, the pool, be, um, pool bed, I preach this all day, I still don't know what it's called, the pool bed, and it's the one in the water. So I'm there, I'm, my hand's in the water, and I'm, I'm listening to music on my earphones, Kate somewhere, I don't know, I'm just having a good time, right? And then like, I go beep beep, my alarm goes, so I have to turn like the chicken in the oven, roast, right, to the backside. Now sun on my back, I turn back, beep beep beep, beep turn back on the side, and then I turn to my side, you know, I gotta get the kitty kitty, you know, right, on the other side, get up here, and right, I am, I am like one of those chickens at Chooks to Go, just roasting, right? In the, just, I'm a rotisserie chicken, baby, just spinning me around the whole time. Well, the problem was, I started talking to a buddy of mine on the phone, he was in Australia, and we had one of those deep and meaningful catch-ups. You know the ones where you haven't talked in like 12 months and all of a sudden you talk for three hours, right? We had this huge conversation, I totally lost track of time. I've been burnt before. In fact, I've spent most of my childhood being sunburned. But that day, I got so burned. It was, it was something like I'd never experienced before. By the time evening came, I was so red 
and so hot. Luckily, it wasn't COVID or else I would have been beeping the whole time at 40 degrees, right? My body was so hot. I was in so much pain. I could not sleep properly for the next four nights. I'm alone with my wife. Every time my wife went to kiss me and get intimate with me, I'm like, get off me, it hurts. I was in so much pain, right? The sunburn left and then the shedding began, right? You know, like a snake. I felt like a snake just shedding a whole layer of skin when it came off. And then the worst thing about it was that I developed something I'd never heard of this before called the devil's itch. The devil's itch is when you get so sunburned that you get sunburned underneath your skin. I didn't even know that was possible. Underneath your skin that you begin to itch for three months after this vacation. I'm itching on my chest the whole time between my two big pecs, right? I'm just in there itching. Before I get up to preach, I'd be like this. I'm like, Kate, scratch me. She's like, no, that's weird. That's, I don't want to do that. I'm like, baby, just do it, right? I was so uncomfortable. I hate being uncomfortable. Anybody else hate being uncomfortable? I hate being uncomfortable. I mean, what's the deal with being uncomfortable? What is it? Well, when you're uncomfortable, what it means is that you are now living or experiencing a moment of time, experiencing something or someone that is outside your comfort zone. Do you know what your comfort zone is? Your comfort zone is everything that makes you comfortable. So it's the food that you like, comfort food, whatever your comfort food is. It's your, the friends that you like hanging out with. It's the TV shows or the movie or your special place or whatever it is. That is your comfort zone. And the moment that we are faced with something outside of our comfort zone, we become uncomfortable. And as much as we'd hate to admit it, the truth is that the biggest growth spurts that you and I will experience throughout our lives actually come when we get thrown out of our comfort zone into something that is uncomfortable. When we experience things that are uncomfortable and it creates discomfort in us, this is where we see the most growth in our lives. We all know it, but we all hate it. Just like the gym. We all know it's good, but most of us hate it. And if you like the gym, you're straight up crazy. <laughs> Just over a year ago, I preached the message. Uh, some people came up to me afterwards, they said, it's the greatest message we've ever heard in our lives. Other people came up to me straight after it and said, I did not like that message. I preached a message on lessons I learned in the gym. I don't know if you remember this, I brought a whole uh, bench press onto the stage. I got weights, I, I oiled my arms up before I came out onto the stage. I did like 10 push-ups to get me all pumped and my veins, I looked like Robbie Nichols with my veins coming out of my arm, right? And, and I got Albies on the stage doing weird yoga. And I taught about all these lessons I learned at the gym. And one of the lessons I learned at the gym was this, is that it's actually through feeling uncomfortable and feeling pain that you grow the most. Your muscles grow when you lift weights that are heavier than you can really handle and your muscle fibers tear and then come back together stronger and bigger. That's how you grow muscles. I feel uncomfortable when I'm in the gym. Does anybody else here feel uncomfortable in the gym? Who, who, you know, when COVID hit last year, everyone's like, no, COVID, COVID. And I'm like publicly, no, COVID. Privately, I'm like, you shut the gyms? Oh, okay. Sayang, babe, I can't go to the gym. It's illegal. I'm telling you, it's, a, it's literally illegal to work out. I'm a good citizen following the government, right? Nobody else does, but I follow the rules. I didn't let off firecrackers on New Year's Eve, right? I hate the gym. I feel uncomfortable. All those big steroid guys in there with all their testosterone, they're walking around. Hey, how you doing, man? Let's lift weights. Yeah, lifting weights. Yeah, whey protein. It's the way to go, right? I feel uncomfortable with those people, but I understand that I got to go to the gym to get fit so my wife will keep loving. No, so, so that I can maintain a lifestyle of fitness in my life. Pray for me because this Wednesday I'm going back to the gym. I preached on this, I preached on this all day, and I was having lunch with JV downstairs in Gallery and a couple of guys, and he introduced me, Pastor, this is a new guy. I'm like, talking and 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 I, like near the end of the conversation i'm like they're like oh so you're going to the gym i'm like yeah this you know this guy i'm gonna be working out with him and the guy that i just met he went oh pastor that's good 
Because you know, last week, I promise you, I couldn't exaggerate this if I tried, right? Filipino. I just thank you, Filipinos, right? He goes, Pastor, you know, because uh, last week when I saw you, I thought, oh. Like, what the hell is this? What is the why? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, Pastor, you know, it's good. He goes, he says, why you promise? He says to me, he goes, it's good that you're going back to the gym. It's good, you know. So thank you. <laughs> Thing about the gym is, is that you gotta put up with discomfort in order to see the breakthrough. Can you put up with enough discomfort in your life to see the breakthrough that you've been praying to God for? Because you're gonna have discomfort. 2020, what a year. It's crazy. And the thing when we talk about comfortability and being comfortable is that being comfortable is actually not bad. It's not a bad thing. I don't want you to think like, oh, I got to throw, I got to throw all my nice things out. No, no, no. Being comfortable is not a bad thing. It becomes a bad thing when you stop relying on Jesus to get through your day. When you become so comfortable in whatever area you have in your life that you no longer rely on Jesus, that's when being comfortable can become dangerous. Uh, in Luke chapter 24, a famous story of Jesus appears to two men that are walking on the road to Emmaus, a seven-mile journey to Emmaus, and they don't recognize that it's Jesus because Jesus, you know, hid himself from them, and they're talking, and they're spending this whole time talking. Jesus is pointing to the Old Testament scriptures all the way from Moses, all the way through the prophets about what had just happened with him. He had just died but been raised again, and these were a couple of the first people that had seen him. And they, they get to Emmaus, and these guys convince Jesus to come and have dinner with them. And so they sit down, and all of a sudden, when they sit down and begin to eat, they recognize that it's Jesus. I want to read to you from Luke 24, 31. It says, then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened scriptures to us? I love that. Were, were our hearts not burning? We're were our hearts burning? Were we uncomfortable? There was this uncomfortable as we were talking. Our hearts were burning. And it's amazing that these two men were with Jesus, yet their heart was burning and uncomfortable. I, I want to let you know tonight that being uncomfortable doesn't mean that Jesus is not with you. In fact, being uncomfortable may mean that Jesus wants to reveal some things to you. Maybe in a state of your heart burning, in a state of being uncomfortable, Jesus wants you to unlearn some of your own mindsets and some of your old thinkings. Maybe he wants to stretch you in a new area of increased effectiveness in your life. Maybe he wants to uncover some ungodly character that you have so that you can be transformed in your life. Maybe he wants to raise your sights above just yourself and your own needs so that you can see the needs of others around you. Maybe he wants to push you to be someone of greater responsibility and hold greater influence in your life. Or maybe he just wants to invite you to be an actual participant in the spiritual battle that's going on right now in the world. Your, you being uncomfortable isn't a bad thing. Let's face it, we've all been made uncomfortable in the last 12 months. 2020. Now, on the first Sunday of the year, especially after a year, and, and if you go home and watch other sermons, there are going to be a lot of preachers today talking. You know, 2020 was bad, but God is still on the throne in 2021. It's the year of the comeback. It's the comeback. It's going to be a good year. The devil tried to take 2020, but God didn't. Right? And, <laughs> the devil thought he won, but God's still on the throne. Yes, that's true. All of that is true. And I'm supposed to preach to you this inspiring message of this year is going to be better than last year. But I can't lie to you. Because I don't know if it is going to be better. We still got the same government. We still got the same virus. The Philippines is still wildly corrupt. Our kids are still doing online school and not allowed outside. Please let the kids out. 
Hashtag, let the children out. If a dog can walk in a mall, a child can walk in a wall, mall. Come on. Right? We're, some people are like, 2021's coming. It's going to be great. I told our staff, hey, I know it's a new year, but the problems haven't gone away. They're still here. Now there's second waves. The English. China. Ukraine, I don't know, I'm just saying countries now. There's problems everywhere. <laughs> There's problems all over the place, and I can't get up here and say, 2020, I don't know. But this is what I want to encourage you. Instead of trying to fake it and be like, 2021 is going to be better than Why don't you look straight in the eyes of what's happened in 2020 and straight in your situation where you've been made to feel uncomfortable and instead of running away from it, why don't you look it straight in the eyes and decide, I'm going to embrace the uncomfortable this year. I'm going to embrace this season because I know that in the middle of this season, maybe I could grow more than I've ever grown before. I don't want to waste 2021 as a year that I didn't grow because I sure know I grew in 2020. Anybody else? I was frustrated. I was angry. I was so angry that the gyms closed. But anyway, there's three thoughts, there's three areas in my life where I want to get uncomfortable in because I know that if I can be uncomfortable in these areas in my life, it's going to push me closer to Jesus. Maybe these could be in your areas of your life as well. I got three things and then we're going to worship and pray it's gonna be fun number one is this i'm going to a hotel tonight with my wife because it's her birthday tomorrow happy birthday and can't wait <sighs> just can't wait to have an antigen test swab test with you later on tonight and get something stuck up our nose that shouldn't be there number one I want to embrace the uncomfortable in my life in my spiritual walk. I want to embrace, embrace the uncomfortable in my spiritual walk. You know, if there was a person in the Bible that could have, like, just taken a holiday from ministry because he deserved it, maybe just taking a break from all just loving Jesus and the craziness and everything that had happened in his life, it was the Apostle Paul. All you got to do is read the book of Acts and then read all his letters that he talks about what he went through. The apostle Paul was like, this guy, he was beaten, he was falsely accused, he was put in prison, he escaped prison, he preached so long, someone fell out of a window and died, he walked downstairs and went Poof brought him back to life. He got shipwrecked. He got bitten by a snake. He got in a fight with his ministry partner Barnabas and they went separate ways. He, all this stuff happened, right? Like if it, if it was modern day church, we'd be like, Paul, slow down. You're going to burn out. We don't want you to burn out because that's what we say in modern day church. Don't burn out, right? This Paul, Paul was like the candidate for slowing down and for getting a little bit more comfortable in his life. But this is Paul's response to anyone that would look at him and say that. In Philippians 3, verse 10, this is what he says. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul was driven. He was driven to keep going. What? drove Paul. Verse 10 told us to know Christ. There's one guy in the Bible who knew Christ. It was Paul. We read a lot of his revelation in the New Testament, but he's saying, even though I know him, I'm not satisfied, and I'm going to keep pressing forward. I'm going to keep going on in my spiritual walk and my spiritual journey. I'm not satisfied being comfortable, so I press on. When you get to know people, you realize that you'll spend the rest of your life getting to know people. 
I've been married 12 years. To some, a long time. To others, not very long at all. But I'm still getting to know so much of Kate. I'm getting to know different things about her. You know, why? Because she's constantly changing as well and growing and developing. I'm changing too. I pray for the next 50 years of our marriage. We'll continue to get to know so many more things about her. Like recently, I just learned about Kate that she has seven different smiles. Not at all. I don't know that. That was on a movie I watched. I thought it would go down well. I said, babe, you got seven different smiles. She's like, really? What are they? I'm like, uh, you've got right there. I'm going to spend the rest of my life. How much more then? The creator of a universe who is so infinite that our human minds cannot fathom the fullness of who he is, that we would spend the rest of our lives, even if you spend every waking moment, every waking second studying, learning, being in his presence, you still would not even scratch the surface, scratch the surface of how big and how infinite our God is. You have not arrived. Never, ever think that you've arrived. You may have arrived when it comes to your salvation, but when it comes to your spiritual walk with God, there is always more. And that's not to make you feel bad about where you are. That's to excite you to say it's good where you are, but it's even better where you're going because there's more of God. There's more. There's three areas that I think that every believer should be uncomfortable in when it comes to their spiritual walk, not satisfied with where they're at. It's reading the word, it's our prayer life, and it's worshiping in God's presence. This year, I'm going to expand on these three things and really preach them out, so I'm not going to spend much time on it here. But if you do not read the word, just start reading. If you don't have a Bible, download the YouVersion app online. Get a nice, easy translation like the New Living Translation to read. Begin in the gospel so that you can read who God is through his son, Jesus. Just begin to read. It's better than not reading. If you already read, you're like, James, I read so much. Don't read more. This isn't about doing more for God. You know what I want to challenge you to do? Don't read the Bible more. Read the Bible deeper. Some of you need to stop reading so much. Read less and chew on it more to go deeper in the word learning the context learning the background learning what the original greek or the hebrew said how that affects us today why jesus was saying it to those people at that time and how that can affect me the word of god will change your life if you read it for information you'll just have more knowledge but if you read it for transformation it will change you our prayer life if you're not praying start praying praying is so simple it's just talking to God. Hey, God, how you doing? Had a bad day. I have no idea why I just did what I just did. Right? It's just a conversation. Talking with God is as easy as talking with someone in your life. It's a conversation. And you listen and you hear back and you hear from him and you speak to him. Now, if you're like, James, I already pray. Great. Don't just pray for yourself. Pray for other people. Don't just pray in your native tongue. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Get baptized in speaking in tongues and begin to pray in tongues. I'm going to talk and teach about this this year. Praying in tongues is one of the most revolutionary ways that you can grow your spiritual walk with God. It's your spirit connecting straight to God. If you know how to speak in tongues, well, James, I speak in tongues for only for about 30 seconds. Great. Do it for a minute. If you do it for a minute, awesome. Do it for two. If you do it for two, great. Do it for four. If you do it for four, awesome. Do it for 58. No, that's quite a jump. That's quite, that's quite a big jump. But how much do you love Jesus? I don't know. It's just a question to you, right? Just increase it. Begin to pray. Begin to grow deep. I don't want to be satisfied with where, where my prayer life is at. I want to grow in my prayer life. And I want, to, I want to grow in my worship in his presence. If you don't worship, just start. Sunday should not be the only time that we worship. We're blessed, we have an amazing worship team. They give world-class worship, right? It's amazing. Obviously, only about, you know, 20% of you agree with what I just said, but that's fine, whatever. Sayang, sorry. Right? We got great worship, but this shouldn't be the only place that we're worshiping and, and encountering God's presence. 
You're so blessed today, man. 40, 30, 30, 40 years ago, back when we were kids and, and people saw it, all we had was like cassette tapes, like with Hosanna music, <laughs> right? That was it. Now you've got like a million different churches out on Spotify. Here's our CD. Here's our CD. Listen to our CD, right? Like there's so much worship music out there that we have no excuse to not worship in our private time. So worship, if you're like, James, I already worship. I'm awesome at it. Great. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Don't just worship to another person's revelation. Begin to free worship out of your own revelation of who God is. Turn off the music with the words. Put on the instrumental music and begin to let the depths of who you are and, and your response to God begin to come out. That's why in the middle of our worship, we have instrumental moments where the guitar, Migs, Migs, man, he's, he's like a rocker from the 80s. His stance. I don't want to distract you in worship. You shouldn't be looking at Migs, but Migs gets there on the guitar and he does this solo, right? And Migs doing his solo is not for Migs to get all the glory, right? The point is we create space that we stop singing someone else's revelation and you and I can begin to sing our own revelation of who God is. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I love you. I love you. Wow, it's repetitive. Who cares? If that's what's in your heart, say it. If it's the Taglish service, mahal kita, mahal na mahal kita. We had, listen, if you, if, if you are a Tagalog-speaking person, you need to watch the worship from our Taglish service before because it was spectacular. We sang a Taglish song, Bianca, wherever you are, started free worshiping in Tagalog. I had no idea what she was saying, but in the back room, I just felt the presence of God come as she was going, it was wonderful. So I want to encourage you, you can get online and look at it. If you don't worship, start worshiping. If you worship already, go deeper. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. Can I challenge you? Grow more this year than what you did last year. Let 2021, no matter what comes before you, what, what's going to happen, grow this year. Decide, I am going to grow. Okay, number two is this. I'm, so, I'm talking so much off my notes right now, but it's fun. It's okay. Number two is this. I want to embrace the uncomfortable in my church involvement. <laughs> Always bad to get uncomfortable. Paul talks in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul talks, very famous scripture, about... Uh, we are the body of Christ, and everybody has parts. We have our fingers, our arms, our eyes, our mouth, our liver, our, our bladder, our heart, everything, our legs, whatever it is, right? And we all are a part of the body, and we all have a part to play. In verse 12, uh, in chapter 12, 27, he says, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Um, I want to challenge you today. It's just quite simply, you are a part of the body of Christ. And if favor church is your home, you're a part of this part of the body of Christ. And this body needs you. It needs you. It needs you to not just to survive, but it needs you to thrive. And it needs you to grow. One of the problems that we've encountered as a church, favor church, that many churches that have gone before us have encountered is this. We have made church too comfortable for you. We have, look around. We're, we have church in a grand ballroom in one of the nicest hotels in the middle of Manila. Look at the seats you're sitting on. They've got covers on them. You're not just sitting on seats. A person individually wrapped that seat with a cover. It's like you're at a freaking wedding every single week. The air con is cold. Some of y'all complain, it's too cold, it's too cold. It's cold, it's comfortable. We got a kids program when the kids are allowed to meet. Our kids program is amazing. At Shangri-La, kids would run away from their parents to go to the kids program. The parents would be like, Anak, Anak, I love you. <laughs> right? Like our kid, we got a great youth crowd. We, we've made church, we've got nice, our singers generally sing in the right key. That's comfortable. This ain't a bar in Metro Walk. 
That's where we started. Plastic seats squished together with the person next to you. Rats running under the stage. The sound system feeding back all the time. Liquor smell from the night before everywhere. It was uncomfortable. Now, this is five-star church. Relax, sit back. Business class. The only thing we're missing is a foot massage. But post-COVID, we will bring it in. It's spiritual, washing of the feet. It's a spiritual thing. It's biblical, right? We've made church too comfortable to the point that many people will sit in these seats or watch online and think they don't need me, they got it all sorted. Can I tell you, that is untrue. We need you. Our church is not built on the back of a few superstars. It's built on the back of hundreds of volunteers that you will never see, that you may never know, that get here early, that come late last night, work through the night to set everything up, that get here at 6 a.m. and serve all day. I'm not talking about staff members. I'm talking about volunteers that get here at 6 a.m. and leave at 9, 10 o'clock at night serving all day. Those are the superstars of our church. And we need people, our connect group leaders that love you, that turn up at the hospital, that pray for you, that follow you up when you are not connect group because they love you and they want to know that you're okay. People that teach, people that are youth leaders or different leaders. We need people in this church to make it work. There's a guy that contacted me about a month and a half ago. His name is Matthew. Matthew San Jose. What a name. Doesn't that just Matthew San Jose, right? Uh, his family is Filipino. Uh, his brother, younger brother, and his mom live here in Metro Manila, great parts of our church. And he's living in California. Uh, just got engaged, and, and he's coming back here. He visited our church last year in the Shangri-La, and he was coming back here just for a vacation uh, for about a month and a bit over Christmas. And so he texted me. He's like, hey, I've been watching the pandemic and uh, during the, the church during the pandemic, and it's really cool. And I'd love to just serve when I come. It's my vacation, but I'd just love to serve and help out anywhere I can. I'm like, is, is this a catfish? Are you a troll? <laughs> Like, are you, are, are you like a 60-year-old man or something, you know? And uh, that was a lot funnier than what you gave me the response for. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and so I'm like, yeah, cool. When you come, you know, our production, because, you know, we're new in here, so our production team, we're, we're small, but we're growing. We got so much work. We got a six-camera shoot everywhere, right? And, and so he turned up. Uh, he landed. He went into quarantine because he had to, to get the test, you know, right, got the test, and, and he was negative. And literally, I think the day after he landed, he turned up to church at night. He came to church at night. He goes, hey, he goes, hey, so listen, I'm here. Can I help? I'm like, what? Why? Aren't you jet lagged? He's like, ah, it's 9 a.m. my time. I could work all day, right? I said, okay, well, well, you can help. And he started to help and started to hang out. A couple weeks ago, he's been helping every week. Uh, last week, I think, he was here ingressing until 3 a.m. in the morning, went home, slept for a couple hours, came back by 6 a.m. and just served all day, right? He doesn't technically go to our church, but he had a revelation of what it meant to be a part of something bigger than himself. In fact, he's the guy right now that's on the camera videoing me right now. No, why did you change it? Who's the director? This is his shot right now. He's awesome. And what's cool is his little brother is serving right next to him as well. Go on. Hold hands with one another. Just hold hands. Quickly reach out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. So beautiful. Here in the house of God, we become family. Give me, give me 10,000 Matthews and we can change the world. Give me people that get a revelation of what it means to be uncomfortable. I'm sure it's not comfortable for him to get up and serve so much and he's meeting new people and everything, but he's realized in this last month, and I'm sure he would tell you that he's grown in this last month. As a church, as a church, 
Churches spend so much time these days trying to make people not feel uncomfortable in the church. Like I said, all those nice things, but I'm even talking about spiritual stuff. A lot of churches don't sing worship as long anymore because they don't want to make new people feel uncomfortable. We don't talk about the Holy Ghost. Like, the Holy Ghost is the weird thing that's in the cupboard that we only bring out once a year. The Holy Ghost and put him back in, right? And, and we try to make people in our church, I want to let you know that if you're new to our church, one of the goals that Kate and I have in our church is that we want to make you feel uncomfortable. We think about ways how we can make you feel uncomfortable because we don't want you to plateau in a state of comfort and never grow. Last week, my wife preached. Whoa. She preached. Right, she's up here talking gratitude. Give God gratitude. Thank him, right? And it's going good. Everyone's happy. It's nice. She's preaching. She's not, make, she's not making you feel uncomfortable. Then all of a sudden, at the end of the service, God, I just, I just. <sighs> Some of y'all started freaking out. What's she doing? Why is she on her knees? This is church. Why? I hope she doesn't, I hope she doesn't make us all get our knees. Come on, if you want to give God gratitude. Just come on, get on your knees right now. You're like, no! Why are we on our knees? We have such comfortable chairs. Why do we need to get on our knees? Right? She, she made a lot of people feel uncomfortable. You've never been on your knees before in church. You're not supposed to be on your knees. I mean, I mean, you know, it's not like it's mentioned in the Bible to get on your knees before the king, but whatever. That's fine. We don't do that in church. We're comfortable in church. We stand, we sit, we know when to clap, we say amen, and then we leave, right? That's what we do. But she created a moment where it made people genuinely feel uncomfortable, right? Why? She created space. And I guarantee you that most of the people, I can't speak for everyone, but I know because I talk to a lot, most of the people that felt uncomfortable as they got on their knees got up wiping tears away from their eyes because of the God encounter they just had. In our church, I want our church to be a church that doesn't just go with the status quo of doing church the way it's always been done before. During this pandemic, our church was thrown into a state of uncomfortable. We had three days to work out how to do online church. I've shared this many times. We were doing one camera feed into our parents' room, and that was really bad and not good and everything. And then all of a sudden, within three days, we had to take our whole church online. We did it. It was amazing. We were all celebrating because we did it. We did it. And then at midnight that night, Liz sent a text to everyone saying, we've got to get everything out of the church building by 12 noon the next day because they're kicking us out of the mall, and we don't know when we'll get back in. Straight away, thrown into an uncomfortable situation. Luckily, we found uh, this uh, an office uh, office space in Nexus LED on on uh, shout out Nexus for all your LED needs, right? And we were able to set up a studio in their office along Edsa, and, but it was uncomfortable. I went from preaching to a rowdy crowd at Shangri-La. It was pumping five services, people sitting on the floor out. It was awesome. To now. I'm preaching to this tiny little lens with an Indian boy behind the camera. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I was doing good or not. I knew I was doing good when he would take his hand off the camera and be like this. It was uncomfortable. We had to take church online. We had to do connect groups online. Do you remember the first time you went to a connect group online? It was awkward and uncomfortable. Well, what time does it start? Oh, unmute, unmute, you're speaking, we cannot hear you. Unmute yourself. No, turn your video on, turn it on. No, turn it off, we don't wanna see that. Turn it off, right? Like, some of y'all are still like that. It's been 10 months, learn Zoom. It's not going away. It was awkward, it was uncomfortable, but here's the crazy thing about human nature. We adapted so well that all of a sudden what was initially uncomfortable became comfortable. And all of a sudden church now became comfortable because you could sit at home in your underwear. You didn't have to shower, you didn't have to brush your teeth, you're watching. Some of y'all are still doing it now. It's 6.50, you're still in your underwear. I said that this morning. There was a man watching in his underwear 
felt convicted, got in his car, drove, and he's here in this service tonight. I love you, Gus, wherever you are. We somehow became comfortable which, with something that was initially uncomfortable. And I didn't know what to do. I'm leading this church, Kate and Eileen. I'm like, God, what do we do? And I felt the Lord began to speak to me and say, you got to begin to push. You got to get us back to a little bit of uncomfortable. So in the middle of a pandemic, when it's the toughest season for finances, we do a once a year legacy offering. In a time where we shouldn't have received much at all, God provided over 11 million pesos through our church in order to be able to help organizations to buy new things for this venue that we had. We've signed a contract for this venue for the, or the whole of 2021. But, but I want to tell you, it's uncomfortable because we don't have the money really to have this venue long term. We need to grow into it. It's uncomfortable. Why? Because I don't want us to be a church that just gets comfortable. Oh, Shangri-La is good. We're good. we got five services. We'll just stay there. No, I want us to get uncomfortable because the moment that we settle as a church, we will begin to die. I've seen churches die that have refused to get uncomfortable, and they've died because their members end up dying and no one new came in the church. I want us to be a church where we try things, where we get uncomfortable, where we're willing to step out, where we become one of the first churches in the Philippines within the NCR that actually go back to meeting. Other churches are looking at us getting inspiration from what we're doing. We got people turning up at our church because their church won't allow them in because they're seniors and they turn up at our church. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. As this, this morning, I said that, and two of them yelled, Whoa, yeah! <laughs> At the end, I walked down like, see it, they go, Pastor, that was me! My church won't allow me in. I'm too old, but I'm here. I said, praise God, you look good for 59. 59. Right? Like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's uncom You're sitting there doing church in a mask and a shield. This is so uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, but it's in this space, in this season of being uncomfortable where we can grow. I want to ask you, how uncomfortable are you with your church involvement? Are you happy just to sit there and let everybody else do it for you so that you can come and experience a beautiful buffet and have nothing to do with the food preparation? Or do you want to get in the kitchen and help out? Wow, pastor. He's, uh, he's preaching strong. Makes me feel uncomfortable. Good. I want you to feel uncomfortable. I want to kick you out of your comfort zone. Because I don't want you to waste 2021. This church needs you. This city needs you. We need to get uncomfortable. The third and the last point is this is that I want to become uncomfortable. I want to embrace the uncomfortable when it comes to sharing my faith with others. I want to embrace the uncomfortable when it comes to sharing my faith with others. You know, God didn't just save us so that we could be saved. He saved us so that we could help save others. You know, as a Christian, your two greatest missions in life is not to have a family, not to raise kids, not even to give into the kingdom of God and have money or all that kind of stuff. Your greatest, they're all good, but your greatest mission has now become to know God. Not know about him here, but to know him, have a relationship with him, and to now that you know him, go out and spread him everywhere. Make him famous. Create disciples. Lead disciples to Jesus. All that stuff. That is our mission in life is to share our faith with others. I love the way the psalmist puts it in Psalm chapter 96. He says, sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things that he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is, not to, be, he is to be feared above all gods. I love what he says. Every day. Each day proclaim the good news. Tell everyone about Jesus. Tell them all. 
You know, me preaching about Jesus right now, this is my comfort zone. For some people, they hate public speaking. They can never, oh, I can never do what you do. But for me, I can never do what you do. I couldn't cut open a person and be a doctor. I, you know, I, I don't know why I thought of that. That was so vivid. And, uh, I, you know, I couldn't, you know, run up a ladder and, and put out a fire in the building. I couldn't do that. But for me, this is what I can do. This is what I'm gifted for. This is what I'm anointed for. This is my comfort zone. I am completely comfortable preaching about Jesus on this stage. I am uncomfortable talking about Jesus in the mall. That's when I get uncomfortable. When I feel the Holy Spirit prompt me, hey, that person in front of you in the line, they've got a pain in the back of their shoulder right now. Can you just pray for them? <laughs> stop it, Satan. Stop speaking to me. Right? I get uncomfortable. That person that I'm friends with and we've never made that jump, you know what I'm saying? That jump over, it's like we're all shallow. Hey, let's talk about NBA. <laughs> And then God's like, hey, ask them where they're at spiritually. <laughs> no. They might think I'm weird. They might not want to hang out. That's where I feel uncomfortable. And you know what? This year, I want to embrace the uncomfortable when it comes to sharing my faith. This is easy. This is the easiest place to share your faith. Like Christians, we're the majority in this place. This is the easiest. I, I get uncomfortable when I'm outside. I, I, I want to embrace the uncomfortable when it comes to hearing prophetic words when I'm in a restaurant and, and sharing it with the waiter or the waitress when they come. I, that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, all the insecure, what will they think of me? What will they say? Da, 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 you know, all this stuff. But I want to embrace it. I want to step out in faith and I want to share my faith more. I want to be bold more, not on a stage, but just in everyday life. I don't want to become comfortable knowing that people are going to hell and I'm okay with that. I don't want to become comfortable with that. I want to be uncomfortable and I want to embrace that and do something about it. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 is my second favorite verse in the whole Bible. It's very famous. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline, which means a sound mind, wisdom, right? That, that verse we always quote. It's amazing. Fear, timidity, that's not from God. God's giving you power. He's giving you love. He's giving you this self-discipline and a sound mind. Well, what's the purpose? Well, a lot of times we don't quote verse 8, which the very next sentence is this. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Why is he giving you power? Not so that you can sit in the corner of the room and shake under the power of God and feel all good all day. He's giving you power so that once you're done shaking in the corner of the room, you can go out and not be ashamed about telling others about how good Jesus is, about how great he is, how he saved you, how he delivered you, how he took you out of the miry clay and look where you are now. Power! That's going to help you embrace the uncomfortable. Be filled with his love. When you get a heart for other people, you'll embrace the uncomfortable about sharing. All of a sudden, their eternal destiny will matter more than your insecure feelings. Embrace it. This year is going to be hard. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. It's going to be a tough year. Who knows when this COVID thing's going away? Who knows when we're going to get a vaccine? Who knows what type of vaccine we're going to get? Who knows? I don't know. But this is what I know, is that this year, I'm going to be faced with many, many opportunities to give up. People in this room, you're going to be faced with opportunities to quit your job because it's too hard. To walk away from that marriage that's too hard. To walk away from those kids that you can't handle. To walk away from your studies because you get, we're, we're all going to be faced with, with different things that we're going to have the chance to walk away from. A couple years ago, uh, I actually told this story in church a few years ago, but year, years and years ago, Kate and I were youth pastors in Perth, Australia. There was a couple uh, called Dan and Rach Offerings. We love them dearly. They actually visited our church at the beginning of last year, 12 months ago. It feels like a lifetime ago, but just 12 months ago, they visited us here in the Philippines. We had a great family holiday together. These guys are, are some of our closest friends. Uh, Dan in particular, for me, was a rock as a leader in our youth ministry, was there, Mr. Dependable. He, he was just amazing. And, and you know, like I said before, I hate, like, 
I love sports so much. I just hate fitness, right? I wish you could just separate it. Well, you can. It's, it's called watching sport on TV. You can separate it, right? But, but, but I love playing sport. I, like running to me is the dumbest thing ever. Why would you run? Like what do you accomplish by running? Uh, but I'll run. If you put a soccer ball in front of me, I will run. If you put a basketball, I'll ru- I won't run fast, but I will run. I'll, for a long period of time, give me three minutes, but I'll run for three minutes, right? And and so I hate running, but but Dan was like, hey James, you know, you need to get a little bit more fit. He was like my Filipino friend earlier today. Right? I'm like, okay, okay, I'll go running with you. He goes, listen, I got this this track, it's about 3.2 kilometers. It's around my house, it's around this beautiful lake. Come over and we'll we'll run together. I'm like, okay, okay. So we go over. He lives at the top of a hill big hill down and then this track all around and then come back so we're up there have you ever have you ever like not worked out or not done anything for a long time and then you just think that like three second stretch is going to save everything you're like okay let's go yeah yeah Woo! yeah 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 all right all right all right all right let's go let's go right and you just start right that's me right i'm that guy so we just start running and and, and because we're running downhill i'm like yeah i'm getting like i'm a big talker right i always talk I, like whether it's on the court basketball court so i'm always talking I'm like woo come on daddy dan's behind me i'm like come on daddy catch me if you can woo right and i'm running and it's good um it's easy because I'm running downhill and it's the first 100 meters, right? So, so I'm talking. Then it hits to about 200 meters where the lactic acid in my body just starts, you know, going crazy. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. All right. And I'm, I'm running and it's getting difficult, right? You know it's difficult when you start having to actively think about each breath that you take. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't ever think about breathing. You just naturally breathe. But you know you're struggling when you're like, in through the nose. Out through the mouth, in through the nose, out through the mouth, right? And I'm doing, I'm going, right? And, and I told you I talk, and as well, I complain. I complain. When it comes to fitness, I, I'm a rock solid guy in every part of my life. In my marriage, I'm rock solid. I am the rock of our marriage. Kate, she complains about everything, but me, I'm the rock solid guy, right? I'm there for, she doesn't complain about everything. I love you so much. Antigen test later. And, uh, and so I'm there, and I'm starting to complain. I'm complaining. I'm like, ah! I said, Dan, I gotta stop! It's killing me! And you notice how dramatic we can get sometimes. Like, oh, I'm gonna die! Right? It's like I've run 800 meters at this point, right? And I'm running, and I'm like, and I'm tired, right? I'm not gonna lie, I'm really tired right now, but I'm pushing through to make the point in this analogy. And I'm tired, and I'm walking like, Dan. And then Dan decides to do the most emasculating thing that's ever been done to me as a man. Dan jumps in front of me and begins to run backwards right in front of me. And the problem with this is that Dan has the perfect male body. We're talking arms, six foot four, chiseled chest, six abs, but you know there's two hiding in there. And he's looking in front of me. His pecs are perfectly round and hard, and they're bouncing up and down in front of me. And he's like, James, look at me. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I want to look at you. He's looking at me. He goes, don't stop running. Just keep shuffling. Just keep shuffling. Don't stop running. And it's as awkward as it was looking into the eyes of a fully grown man running backwards with his pecs perfectly bouncing in front of me. He said something to me that as I've shared this story has actually changed many people's lives because that's not just a word for a guy that's running around a track that's a little bit tired. That's a word for someone. And he said this to me, don't stop shuffling. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other because if you stop, it's gonna be hard to start again. But if you just keep moving, you'll get to the goal. You may get there slower, but you'll get to the goal. And maybe that's a word for someone tonight. Don't give up. Don't stop shuffling. Put one foot in front of the other. This year, you're gonna be faced with many opportunities to give up. Don't. As we were singing that song before, I was in the front and I felt the Holy Spirit and, and, I, I, and, and I was going to get up and say something, but I didn't. But I felt like in the room tonight, there's three people in the room and there's more people watching that have a spirit of suicide on your life. And as you were listening to those words, PJ's like, ah! Ah! and there 
is a cosmic battle happening in your life because in your head you just heard someone screaming die that spirit needs to be broken off you tonight in Jesus name don't give up don't stop running God's got a plan for you God's got a purpose for you it's no accident that you ended up in this room tonight live run don't stop embrace the uncomfortable embrace it you will grow more than you ever thought you could will it be easy no it never is life is not easy throw the fairy tale away but with Jesus it's possible If you're here and you're like, you know what, as much as I hate to admit it, I need to embrace the uncomfortable. Could you stand and could you lift your hands to heaven right now? I was going to get you to get on your knees, but we already did that last week. And Just wait, everyone put your hands down just for a second. Because I know what happens in moments like this is that peer group pressure gets you. Everyone starts standing, you're like, uh, okay, I'll stand. So, so I, I wanna give this little warning. If you wanna embrace the uncomfortable, in just a moment, I want you to lift your hands. Listen to me, listen to me. Don't lift your hands unless you're prepared for what God is about to do. I say this all the time. Don't you dare come back yelling at me. Pastor, I lifted my hands and all of a sudden this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. It was all because of you. No, it was because of you. Because you were crazy enough to pray a prayer that you actually wanted to go somewhere in your life. You wanted to grow. You wanted to leave a mark on this planet. You wanted to get uncomfortable, not just get uncomfortable, but you wanted to embrace it, not run away from it. So if that's you, come on, why don't you lift your hands to heaven? And if it's not, don't put your hands up. I'd rather you not. Lord, every hand that's lifted to you, you see it. You see every situation right now. God, as I'm talking about embracing the uncomfortable, Lord, in every single mind right now, there's situations, there's people, there's businesses, there's finances, there's problems, there's areas that we're struggling. All of those things are flashing right now through your mind. And the Holy Spirit knows every single one of those things. And right now, God, I pray that you would give us the strength, the supernatural strength, that God, any fear, any timidity that we would have would be cast out right now. And that you would fill us with your power, God, with your love, with self-discipline and a sound mind, God, that when we're faced in the those situations that we could give up that we won't that we won't run from the uncomfortable but we'll embrace it God Lord in our spiritual journey that we'll get uncomfortable that we'll go deeper in the word deeper in our prayer deeper in our worship that God we feel uncomfortable about our church involvement God and be more a part of the body have a part to play in this body and God that we would be so uncomfortable about people around us going to hell that we would want to do something about it. God, I pray, fill us with power so we can do it. Fill us with power. Fill us with love. Oh, give us self-discipline and wisdom to be able to do this, God. Jesus. Lord, those people God, with that spirit of suicide right now, in the name of Jesus, we command it to leave right now, to be gone in Jesus' name, and to never, ever return right now. Whoever that is, whoever that is, just lift your hands even just a little bit higher right now to heaven. No one's looking around. God, we break it right now by the blood of Jesus, the authority of Christ. We break that spirit. We command it to go, never come back where that voice is yelling, die. We say, let it go. And we say, live, live, live. Choose to live.
Choose life tonight in Jesus' name. Jesus, we worship. Come on, every person, if you can, why don't you lift your hands from the front to the back online? Come on, let's sing. I will build. Come on. I want you to declare this. When you embrace the uncomfortable, what you're saying is, I put my trust in God. So I want you to declare this. I will put. idea of embracing the uncomfortable the greatest greatest example that we have is Jesus Christ the king of kings embraced the uncomfortable by being born as a king but not in a palace but in a stable embrace the uncomfortable to save his life his parents raced off to a foreign land to become refugees in a foreign land to save his life he embraced the uncomfortable and taking 12 rat tag guys around, teaching them everything that he had to teach, loving on them, showing them eternal life. And at the end of it, one of them turns on him. He embraced the uncomfortable when he was beaten. The Bible says, prophesied by Isaiah, beaten beyond recognition, put up on a cross, nailed to a cross. Why did Jesus embrace the uncomfortable? He did it because he was thinking of you and of me. Because we have sin that separates us from God. And the Bible says that the only way that we can get to God, it's not through our good works. It's not through money. It's not through reciting a bunch of prayers that have no meaning. What it is is it's about coming to Jesus and acknowledging that He is the only way, the truth, and the life. That He is Emmanuel, God with us. That He died, but He rose again three days later. It's confessing with your mouth, Romans chapter 10 says, and believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're here you've never ever made this decision. Maybe you've never ever prayed a prayer asking God to forgive you of your sins. Maybe you did this a long time ago, but life got uncomfortable and you, you ran. And for some reason you're here tonight or you're watching online right now. It's no accident that you're with us tonight. If you're in the room, I want you just to bow your heads, close your eyes just for a moment. If you're watching online, I'm speaking to you as well. If you're here and you're one of those two people, either the first one, I've never, never accepted Christ, or, or the second one, I did a long time ago, but I walked away. If that's you, I'm going to count to three in this room online. And, and if that's you, you want to respond tonight, I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. We're all going to pray a prayer together. So on the count of three, that's you, you lift your hand. One, two, three, right now, all over this place. Lift your hand. Awesome. Hands going up here. Hands up in the back. Hands up in the middle. Up on the side. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sure there's people online watching right now that are responding to this. Thank you, Lord. If you lifted your hands, I want you to put your hand on your heart right now. 
we're all gonna pray. It's a prayer reflecting that verse in Romans 10 that I just quoted. And we're all gonna say this together, but if you lifted your hand, I want you to put your hand on your heart. I want you to mean these words. If you're watching online, I want you to put your hand on your heart. Join with us, mean every word that you say. Come on, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come on, everyone say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you right now. And I ask you to forgive my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross, for embracing the uncomfortable, but defeating the grave and rising again for me. Right now I ask you, please come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior, and be my everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God praise for every person, every person that just accepted Christ? Listen to me. Thank you so much for listening in. At Favorite Church, we're a family, and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, We'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at favor.church/next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.